0: This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. From Monaco to Indianapolis,
1: Le Mans to Daytona, and everywhere in between.
0: This is your one-stop shop
1: for provocative motorsport talk. From the ITA Podcast Network. This is the Into the Paddock Podcast. Into the Paddock Podcast.
2: Alrighty folks uh, This is Greg with Into the Paddock You may be asking yourself Hey, why isn't Jordan introducing the show? Why is this fuck doing it? Well, uh, <laughs> that's because Jordan's not here right now Because we have three guests with uh, Team Blind We have Adam Poppenhouse What's up everybody? Uh, we have Ian How's it going? And Jason Hello everybody <laughs> jason jason may be a little bit laggy that's all right but uh so these three guys are taking on a huge endeavor in uh racing a uh adapted quad for the legacy racing motorsport association is that how
0: yeah? You just legacy racing it? association
2: legacy racing association okay it's a it's an off-road series uh in and around nevada uh and these guys go out and barrel it through the desert and mountains is there mountains oh yeah do y'all drive through mountains yeah. yeah uh i'm not i'm not i'm not i've watched a few of the races on youtube and things like that but not like a whole lot uh most of them have been uh some of the the lap uh, oh, courses, like the short, right? short Not course the, ones. I guess. Yeah, the short, the short course stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, but, and stuff like that. but anyway, so these two guys, uh, are building an adaptive quad for Adam and, uh, another driver, John Winker. Is there one more driver?
1: Uh, yeah, we plan on having a third. His name is Josh
0: Rockkamp.
2: Uh, was that. Was that? I think uh, that was
0: Jason. Yeah, Jason now his, talking? his microphone's doing the same thing mine was.
2: He's yeah, his is being real quiet for some reason. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Weird, weird, weird.
0: Well Adam would know. Yes, we do. Uh, I, I am yes, do. yeah I'm just being brought in kind of like the builder because I, I end up building these machines. But uh <laughs> Jason is really good at like uh being the mouthpiece. Like he talks to everybody, he he knows Adam, he knows all these other guys and he gets them involved and then Adam brings
2: other guys in so Adam knows a lot of guys Yeah, yeah. So, so so Adam tell tell us about uh your experience and and what you can expect I guess with uh John and I, I didn't hear the other driver's name what was his name His
3: name's Josh, uh, presently Josh jo- His Camp. name's Joshua Uh Joshua Rock Camp Josh okay Josh Rock Camp yeah uh, So uh currently this is our this is our second attempt to build uh an attempt but this is our uh, uh yeah second go around if you will on building an adaptive quad we have done this one time last year in the dirt rebellion um uh, was that last if so it was uh 2022's desert rebellion in utah and uh yeah the revolution yeah it was the dirt, dirt, Re- well, dirt revolution there we go one, um,
2: one one second one second before we get too far I I think I need to explain what an adaptive quad is. And I think the best way to do that is to say between the three of you, I think y'all own two feet, two, two legs total between the three of you. Right. Yeah. Between the three of us, there was, there was two, uh, these guys. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, uh, yeah missing missing some limbs and you can imagine uh, if you've ever sat on a quad it might be a bit difficult <laughs> if you're right. if you're lacking in the appendage to handle one of these things so these they've built an adaptive quad to allow these guys who are uh, amputees to be able to drive it um, and and not not just any amputees these are these are veterans that's right. right so what, what does they're... that
3: really mean right like what <laughs> what did we do and how did we do that yeah um so uh basically uh, if if you're not familiar with with dirt bikes or quads uh, you shift and you rear brake with your left foot uh and so that obviously is not a possibility for somebody like myself that doesn't have anything uh has one knee and, and no ankles so what we did was was modify that with an electronic push button shift um which uh, would allow us to shift on the fly, and then also doing a dual master cylinder so we could use one brake lever to control both the front and rear brake. Um, We then also had uh, uh, a local friend of mine, Wheels, uh, weld us up some wildly dangerous but effective uh, fully aluminum-plated nerf bars, which are where your feet would go so that our prosthetics wouldn't uh, go through, which turned out to be... (laughs) Uh, an incredibly uh, uh, an effective uh, solution because one of our riders actually broke the prosthetic foot off of his prosthetic leg and ended up chucking that to a marshal o- on his way by through a checkpoint. Uh, <laughs> so if it wasn't for those solid <laughs> bar yeah. plates. Here, here you hold on to this <laughs> he wasn't the only one yeah was that was, uh, um, that was th- another that was pass it I threw my entire right prosthetic leg to a marshal because I had lost the suction. Um, it was above the knee prosthetic. I had lost the suction, Could but I had duct taped the bottom of the prosthetic leg to uh, the pant leg, and then bungee corded the foot to the Nerf bar. So at one point, the prosthetic <laughs> leg was still inside the pant leg and was just slapping against the side of the quad. Whap, whap. <laughs> so yeah, it was, that had to go. I mean, it was, it was. I've never fought a machine like that. Could you that. imagine? It was an incredible was- endeavor. It it. Could you imagine
2: if it was the same Marshall getting <laughs> two, <laughs>
0: two prosthetic oh, legs thrown at him
2: over he, just the course of a day? He definitely hoped for parts.
0: To go at the end of the race to return them, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. But, you know, we so, got it out, we got it on that podium. So that how platform?
2: Uh, so how did how did y'all get started? Uh, with I, I I kind of vaguely heard that this was a conversation that took place uh, with another organization that we've we've kind of touched on on the show is Race to a Race Twenty Two. Yep. Uh, and I, I hear that you guys kind of came together with that organization and and a couple of others, but but I'm talking about there was a there was something that happened at a physical location. Where y'all were sitting like the cantina at the Cantina the, yeah. uh, at the race Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, that's how yeah, the I guess y'all come, that's we're... how
1: the amputee bike came about. Can you guys hear me okay?
2: Uh you're a little quiet. Okay. But
1: but so so uh, I I entered the first legacy dirt revolution in twenty twenty one, and I met a guy named Craig McIntosh. And when Ian and I and well Ian Conned me into doing Las Vegas to Reno um, in 2022. I reached out to him and he gave me uh Debbie, the founder of Race to Race 22's phone number. And I said, Hey, we're racing Vegas to Reno. I heard about your organization and we would like to raise money for you for this, for the, you know, as a charity event for this race for our team. And you know, being that Ian and I had never raced desert before, that's kind of how Team Blind came about because we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> so, so we 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 throw our quad together in a month or so, and we meet up at the cantina uh in Las Vegas where their their headquarters is, and that's where I met Adam. And after we all got done with the meet and greets and whatnot, I believe me and Adam were sitting outside having a beer, and he said, "Man, I'd love to be able to do this." I was like, "All right, <laughs> we can make that happen somehow."
2: <laughs> so <laughs> let's do it. Fuck it. Yeah,
1: exactly. So we we right. there was a, a a short the dirt the Legacy Dirt Revolution uh, about what was that a, a month and a half later something like that yeah yeah five or and, six. yeah and so we one of the the guys that we raced vegas torino with justin he knew a guy that had a thumb shifter he said dude i think we can make this thing work i said all right so i was away working on the road and uh, adam and justin threw this thing together and i drove down from montana to see this suzuki quad with a thumb shifter set up for these dudes ready to roll <laughs> well, <that's it. laughs> all right so
2: it's it's kind of good when people like keep their word on something like i yeah i think we can do it happen make it happen yeah. and then you show up and it's done
0: yeah so the whole <laughs> yeah. the whole team blind thing that actually came from uh one of the works races that jason and i were at and uh this guy uh, it was another uh, a Travis, I forget his last name right now, but Travis walked up, we, we were running the same class, and he comes up, and he's like, yeah, did you guys do practice yesterday on Friday? I was like, no, man. I'm standing at the starting line, I'm about to go, and that's <laughs> going to be the first time I see the track.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it happens every single round, this dude finally comes up and says something, he's like, what, are you guys nuts or what? It's like, no, I work, man. I drive up yeah. Friday night sometimes <laughs> until like 1 in the morning, I'm driving to the races, and then the next morning, I get the quad out, put it on the line and then we're ready to go racing. And he's like, well, what is that? I was like, I don't know. We just go in blind all the time. So yeah. and <laughs> okay. we joined team blind that day. I mean, and then I met yep. Jason, uh, Cedar city. That was Cedar city, Utah in 2021. And, yep. uh, he came up to me after the, uh, actually I met, <laughs> I was in the middle of the race around a curve and this dude sticks his head out of the trees and it's Jason. And he's like <laughs> cheering people on on the side of the track pumping us up. It was like, Oh my God. And I come running out. It's like, I just saw a white Sasquatch. Then I uh, <laughs> finished the race and I stopped and he's right there behind me. And he's like, dude, that was awesome. I'm like, who the hell are you? And then we started talking there and he was doing the same thing. He would show up after work to a race and just like throw the quad out on the track just to go racing with everybody. So team blind just kind of like molded together like that. And then, we Again, like a month and a half out from Vegas Torino <laughs> last year, I hit up Jason to say, Hey dude, uh, I'm still in on Vegas Torino, but some other people backed out. Are you in? He's like, Yeah, what are we doing? So threw we the quad together, <laughs> raced it, and then before we're even done like loading stuff up, he's like, Yeah, I think I'm gonna do dirt revolution next month. I'm like, what? So he, he pulls off and then that's how they, they got all that stuff uh, working for dirt revolution, I think, which was literally five or six weeks after that. So guys it's literally just like this whatever comes comes and we're gonna throw something at it. Yeah, we just we just it sounds just like roll. the
2: just the perfect storm of uh, crazy coming together, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly for sure. like you, you got you got these guys that that, that show up not knowing the course, I say not knowing the course, you kind of know the course ahead of time, right? Like you get GPS coordinates and things like that before you well, go up ish. So, Vegas of. Torino,
0: you get this is just the only example I have because that was my first time ever racing a desert race, was Vegas Torino last year. So, I'd never raced a desert race prior. <laughs> um,
2: yep. So, you're really Yeah, really blind.
0: Yeah. Literally, I should just be riding like this. Um, Yeah. But they send you like a pit book, so you can you get all the messages and everything, and they'll send you a pit book, and it shows you where all the pits are, and they'll give you coordinates, and then the course is marked, so we don't have GPS on the machine or anything. We just take notes yep. during the driver's meeting the night before where they're like, hey, look out for this hazard, look out for this drop-off that's somewhere <laughs> out here.
4: And I, tape, wild, I, I it was markers. like a piece of yeah. printer paper that I wrote everything
0: out on and I taped it to our bar pad. So whoever section it was, they just knew like, look out for that hazard. And you just follow the course, you know, cause I got it marked.
2: Yeah. Just take a ride at the windmill. Type Pretty thing. close. <laughs> 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 okay. So, yeah, so it sounds like you kind of got this perfect amalgamation of, of, uh, not only craziness, but, but actual actual drive to want to do something. Cause, uh, you know, w- without, without that, none of this shit would happen. Right. No. Uh, and so, um, how did y'all settle on wanting to make an adaptive quad though? Right. To, with the, uh, the, the thumb shifter and, and, uh i have a lot of questions about this thing actually mechanically we'll get to that in a minute but 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 i guess y'all just kind of just kind of met up and decided hey let's uh let's make this thing work for dudes with no legs. well huh? okay it,
0: i'll start pretty much i'll take a quick the, yeah. peek at this and then i'll hand it off to adam because i know he's got a lot to say about it too uh on our on my point because i'm i'm not an amputee but i am a veteran so all these, all these guys, you, you have these issues. That's the whole reason why Race 2, Race 22 exists is because of guys who take their lives all the time. So we want to try to prevent that by inviting these guys that we know that may be struggling or whatever it is. They're just buddies, right? Just buddies in the Army, yeah. buddies in the Marines, whatever it is, come on out, ride with us. We're doing it. I mean, it's it's new to us too, trust me. We're, we're just winging it right now. So hop on, we'll get you through the race. <laughs> and it, it kind of makes it feel like... Those guys are part of the team again. You know, you got these guys involved. Everybody's working towards a common goal of finishing, which is huge. Just finishing is huge. So we want to get everybody into it. And then why exclude guys who have amputations and things like that? I mean, I know plenty of guys who have lost limbs. I mean, uh, one of the guys that I was carrying on my back for Vegas Arena this year, Sergeant Kapschewski, he was missing a leg. He was still active duty and still going on on missions, you know, with one leg. (laughs) <laughs> so these guys are extremely capable and it'd be nice to invite them out too and you know, let them know like, hey man, there's nothing stopping you. Plus it grows the sport. Yeah. That just includes that many more people who can do mm-hmm. it. So Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, so
2: so Adam, uh how did how did you kind of get involved with it?
3: Yeah, you know, it 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 really just came together. Like you said, it was it was kind of a perfect storm of of some ADHD and some bad ideas. Uh, <laughs> combined with a lot of capability, you know. Um, but shout out to Justin Jacoby. Uh, um, it, it, none of it would have came together without without him, uh, especially. Uh, um, we spent uh, he and I spent four days, three nights in the garage before the race, and um, I mean we we got oil in that thing at the racetrack. It was uh, it was a serious endeavor to get it to to get it to come together, but um, uh, you know what. What really, uh, Ian couldn't have said it any better. You know what, what really, what I took away from it was just this incredible sense of of team and purpose. Um, you know, I, it, it wasn't, that bike was broken and, and not together and wasn't working correctly 24 hours before that race. And, uh, you know, Justin and I just had to grind it out because it was so much bigger than us at that point. Um, you know, we, that, that bike and that story and, and everything that it stood for had to get to the finish line. And, um, the entire, entire team blind race to race 22 legacy themselves, everybody came together to get that bike, uh, to the finish line. And it was, uh, it was just such a wild and powerful experience. So, um, we're really excited to try to do it again and, and to involve as many men and women as we can along the way. So, uh, yeah, that's my take.
1: <laughs> and like uh, we said well, it, it, last it year sounds... after it got done oh. i said i want to i want to make something full-time dedicated that these guys will have for every race
0: jason you know i'm, I'm just it? gonna full-time. say is, can you
1: lean closer i i'm going i i've got my headphones in so i'm not sure what it is oh
2: maybe uh maybe lose the headphones yeah, did you put the headphones on uh let's, earlier
1: let's, they, they've been in the whole time let me try let's see
2: oh Weird, weird.
0: Because your audio was How's great. Because your audio was great. Yeah, it was, it, was it
2: was great, great no. early. I don't know what
1: was... Is it better now? Oh, well, now we oh, got well, a feedback. Oh, well, now we got a feedback. Yep. yep. <laughs> Let's see here. Technical Damn. difficulties.
2: Damn. To me. So, for so, those that couldn't for hear... For those that couldn't hear, Jason was essentially Jason saying, was essentially saying he wanted to put an effort together for these guys uh, and, and give them a full a full go at it. And from what I understand, y'all are trying to do like an entire season, right? This isn't going to be just like one off, you know, every once in a while races, right? Well, well, I, I think from what I, from what I've heard is the plan is to do a lot of testing through 2024 and then make a full season effort through 2025.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to have to start. I think I can hear Jason saying it over there, but it's going to have to start. Like one race to get a good start with the machine, like make sure the machine's working and a lot of test rides with Adam and some of those guys to make sure all the kinks are worked out, which is something new to us because we usually just throw it on the track anyway and deal with it. But we want to get it right and make sure it's running good before we actually send it through a full season with these guys, especially trying to get these guys down there. We got to figure out a way to try to get these guys from their different parts of the country down to the race and on the machine and actually ride it.
2: Yeah and and that's and that can be you know a challenge in and of itself. Uh I, I know do I I've, I've been doing an IMSA season right with uh with Core Motorsports on their GT4 team and that has been uh it's a lot of traveling. <laughs> you yeah. know, and it it just uh, spending a lot of time at the airport and and that can be a problem in and of itself. So uh and it's it's fucking expensive. Let's not beat around the bush on it motorsport yep. is not cheap. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're racing a, an LMP car or if you're racing a a quad just in one state, you know, uh, the shit's expensive and, and the money has to come from somewhere. And so, uh, you know, trying to campaign that and look for sponsors and, and all that stuff I'm sure is presenting its own challenges as well. Right.
0: Oh, 100%. Um, just, just last year alone, it was basically, we were relying out of our pockets and the GoFundMe and the GoFundMe helped a ton. But what we did was we tried to raise our entrance fee and, uh, money for parts, basically off the same thing or money for the charity at the same time. Yeah. But this year we ran it where everything was going towards the race to race 22 charity. And we were actually able to raise even more money. I think last year was around $3,000. Then this year we raised almost five grand and, uh, all of that went straight to race to race 22. And along the way we were able to spread our message with a few sponsors. And Jason is really good at talking to people because he knows so many people throughout the industry and the ATV industry is, you know, it's a tiny little niche industry, but oh, yeah, yeah. Off-road and motorsports in general, like blood lubricants, they were huge in uh, helping us out. Um, we had, uh, who else was it? Um, Debbie from not Race to Race 22, Debbie. She helps us out, but also Debbie from uh, the Live to Ride 88 Fund. You know, that's an ATVMX family that lost a son, uh, Matt Pertosik to a crash, you know, many years ago. But then they helped out. They pitched in. So all these random companies are starting to catch on and willing to throw in a little bit more. I know we're kind of like nobody from nowhere. So it's really hard to get the attention of a sponsor with that. But as we show results and we show proof, like, Hey, we're really trying to do something here. People are starting to hop on board because they really like what we're trying to do and help out. Cause it's, you know, it's not just about getting uh, sponsors and money for all this racing. It's actually trying to do something with the racing, which we're trying to race for a purpose at this point. And then we get yeah, these the- other guys into it
2: racing isn't the end goal. No, the end goal, the end goal is helping out the individual, right? The individual who may be struggling, uh, the individual who, who may be not as struggling, but still needs a little help, right? Like, absolutely. Uh, there, there's, there's a full fucking spectrum of the way that these problems present itself. I'm, I'm a veteran as well. Uh, been a, the, the reason I'm doing an MSA season is because I'm with operation motorsport. I was kind of lost for a few years. And that has helped me in in more ways than I can have ever imagined, right? Getting back into motorsport, uh, back with a team, all this after being out of the military. It, it's such a, it, it's an indescribable uh, feeling, getting back what you feel like you lost after leaving the military. Because let's face it, that's why guys uh I mean without beating around the bush that's why guys kill themselves right yep. Yep. is it's not it's not so much I mean yes I'm not going to generalize and say nobody commits suicide because of PTSD but a lot of the suicide is the maladjustment from going from military to civilian life we're you know we're used to have rank on your collar and now after 10, 15 years of being in the military, you get out and you got to go be the bottom salesperson on a fucking Sears floor, <laughs> you know, <It's
4: laughs> you know really what well I'm saying? Said, yeah, like
2: yeah. you just, yeah. you, 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 you lose, you lose all and Nobody gives a shit what you're doing. And, and <laughs> honestly, if I'm to be completely frank, nobody outside of other veterans even give a shit that you're a fucking veteran. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and not that, not that, we should have any kind of preferential treatment over other people, but it it uh, it sucks to not have that same connection with people who haven't been there, right? And so for an organization like like yourselves, Team blind, Race to a race twenty two, this is a place where veterans can commune together, right and kind of talk about their the their shit struggles and all that uh in the in the same place and and have that same understanding right it's a group a group therapy effort and i fucking love that i love the i love all these these organizations that are coming around and helping guys out especially in the motorsports community obviously we're motorsports fans it's a motorsport podcast uh there
4: we yes. go He's there back is. hey jason oh, hey man. there he is
2: <laughs> we fixed it <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Your audio uh, is all
2: so, now. yeah. Cherry, cherry. So, uh, now that we have you back, uh, we, we can, I guess, I, you're the guy to ask about, like, yeah, what's up yeah. with the GoFundMe? You know, where can we find that? That, that, type, that type of thing, right?
4: because that was their spec. So, um,
1: so we, we've got the GoFundMe, we've got the GoFundMe launch, and then there's also, we've got a link to our Team Blind t shirts. It would be under, building an adaptive ATV
0: for- <laughs> Mr. Factory Torque Spec yeah
1: <laughs> yeah there's it, it's a long title
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, what would you search for the what would you search for the GoFundMe
1: absolutely Any, anything helps
2: okay We'll have to, that's a, that's a lot of words to remember. So we'll, we're, we're going to, we're going to put, we're going to put an Instagram and a Twitter package together for you guys, uh, to kind of blossom. Not that we have a million followers or anything, but Hey, anything helps to kind of spread the message. Right. And, and.
0: People pounds, right?
2: Yeah. I, I, we share it on the show. It gets shared by other people and other people, you know, how social media works. It's like a fucking cancer. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get all that stuff together. And, uh, I, I also kind of wanted to ask about, I guess, specifically your relationship, uh, as team blind with a uh, race to a race 22. Right. Uh, and, and kind of how that came about and, and, and where, and, and what the, what the, what's the future of team blind? with race to erase 22 and the future of race to race message that they're trying to spread and carry the guys that we've lost with us across the
1: finish line so we can share their stories um and as long as i'm racing i'm sure me and ian we will be racing together as long as we can forever because that's just we, we love the sport we love what race to a race 22 represents and it's so very near and dear to our hearts uh that it's something that I make aware at every race that I go to. Everything that I do when I talk about racing is one of the first things I talk about and spread that message. I I mean, we've reached out to people that were complete strangers and found their stories or stories of their loved ones. And we've carried those, those people with us, um, across these races. And it, it all started with, you know, a phone call from Ian asking if I wanted to race Vegas to Reno, and i i dug deep into um finding craig McIntosh's phone number who gave me you know debbie's phone number and we reached out and ever since then i mean the whole organization is like a family to me and everything that they do i i you know i I can't put into words you know what it means to me to to be part of their organization and be able to help spread that word um you know there's two things that i love in this world you know and it's racing and you know, it was the military you know the the military was the reason why i was able to race when i was a kid my dad was a, a marine corps vet and that the, the marine corps provided for us to be able to go race and so they've always gone hand in hand for me and to be able to race to this capacity and on the stage that we're putting it now and to help out an organization you know, they say many teams, one fight, you know, small, you know, it's a, it's a small organization with a big vision. And we want to make sure that everyone is aware of what we have going on and the mission that we're trying to accomplish, especially by building this amputee machine. I think this is going to be one of the most special builds that we've ever done. It's, I don't think anything like it has ever been done before. As far as I'm aware of, other than what me and, or Adam and those guys threw, threw together last year. Um, No, I mean there's there's guys like Doug Henry, you know, that keep doing it, you know, that are paralyzed, and you know there's, there's some things on the dirt bike side. You know, the, in the dirt bikes, they have the platform, they get the attention, they get the media, but there's some I've, guys that you. Know, you, you physically I've know, never
2: seen an adaptive quad. I mean, the, the adaptive racing just doesn't happen a whole lot in general, right? And this is this has got to be something that's.
1: To someone who is an amputee, and there's Adam, right. What do you think? <laughs> would you Would you hop on a dirt bike, Adam? Yeah. <laughs> God.
2: and probably less intimidating as well right like go like
3: i mean the intimidation factor i mean you all know me i have more balls and brains so uh <laughs> yeah you know, but uh I would say the sure. intimidation I've, factor i've spent a lot of time with adam and it's <laughs> still you know the intimidation factor is still pretty high on the on the atvs but um yeah i have to say you know the uh the risk-reward factor uh, as an amputee on on a uh, a two-wheeled anything is ju- is just outrageous. You know, um, if it, you know if that thing doesn't lean to the left, I can't catch it, so it's just down anyway. Uh, so yeah, the, it's definitely more stable platform, obviously, and and has more space uh, and more opportunity to add and some componentry to to make it work for somebody like myself versus. <laughs> Uh, you know, a dirt bike, you're really limited in space and, and, uh, uh, you know, it's just a completely different monster in my opinion.
2: Oh, it's gotta be. And and I have, I have questions about this quad and how it's going to work. I mean, earlier you said that you have one lever controlling the front and the rear brake. What the fuck (laughs) (laughs) do you have a, is there like a brake is there like a brake bias uh, adjustment then, that you can make depending so, on – Is it like a 50-50 split? What, what is that looking no, like? No,
0: usually usually on an ATV, just like a dirt bike, you have your rear brake pedal on the right side, then you got your right. front brakes up on the right handlebar. However, mm-hmm. if you can't use your leg to stomp on that brake pedal, well, we got to figure something else out. So if you just run two brake lines up to the handbrake master cylinder, so for your front brakes, you can run a brake line yep. – they have dual banjo bolts that run through your brake line so you can control the front brakes off of one line and the rear brakes off the other, but they both work at the same time. So there's no bias. It's just they're on and off. So On and yeah, off. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And it's, yeah, and it's, like a,
2: it's a 50-50 sp- split right pretty much like,
0: yeah so jesus yeah. christ <laughs> jason and i have been throwing around the idea um this time we're actually we've been looking around we've been coming up with ideas kind of like you see the hot start levers on the left side of a lot of dirt bikes and big dual sport bikes they have that hot start lever on some of the old honda xr 650s we could yeah. run like the uh brake cable that usually runs from your parking brake back there to the rear so we could have mm-hmm. two separate brakes However, there are other master cylinders out there, so we could run a rear brake on the left side just adjusted off of the clutch so the clutch would be separate still. Absolutely. And then your front right. brakes would still be on the right side like normal, so it would all work the same. You just have to remember your rear brakes are over here on your left hand now. It's just a separate lever. Yep. So we can actually put something together like that and run a longer brake line so they still have that bias. So they can use one or the other or both if they want.
2: Right. Okay. Okay. And I mean, this this whole thing is in its infancy, yes. right? And I'm sure it's I'm I'm sure this is going to go through several iterations, even throughout one season. You know, you're going to find shit that works. You're going to find stuff that doesn't. Uh, you know, like Recluse
1: um that we've been working with. Uh, you know, they've got an automatic clutch setup, which is something that we're going to be installing in this bike. And then with Recluse's auto clutch. so with their auto clutch setup, they also offer the left side rear brake. Um, and I've been on the phone with them back and forth, making sure it works. And then they've come. Across oh yeah. Different companies. There's Pingle and Clicktronics that both make the electric shifter solenoid setup. Which basically it's about like a five pound cylinder that bolts to the side of the frame, and it's got enough power
2: to. Oh, that'll be that'll be huge.
1: Yeah. And with all these extra controls, though, we're gonna need we you know we need more real estate on the handlebars to to put this stuff. So I started digging into. Going down some rabbit holes on on electronics and we've got a guy out in pennsylvania jimmy bortz from wired out um i shot the idea to him i said hey um you know like the honda four x fours and their um utility quads they a lot of those use automatic transmissions with electric shifters but i said well wait, let's get one of those control blocks yeah. off of one of these four by fours and he's like i'll build your wiring harness we'll make it work so i we've got i've ordered multiple parts for trial and test and error um with it's going to be bracketry and wires I mean nothing like this is going to exist you know that's it's going to be a guarantee and yeah so that, that's why we kind of got to double down on the spare parts but the fact that we've got these companies when I you know it, it's one thing when you email somebody, and it can sit and fester in the inbox, and they can just scroll past it. But when you give them a call and say, "Hey, this is what we're doing," this is, doing. This is, doing. This is who we are.
2: Whether whether that's a good thing it, or a bad it, thing, it's, it's to be decided, right? <laughs> it's, it's um, and
1: coming up, like I said, it's going to be—you know—we're going to be working with Jet Trim uh, for. A custom seat for Adam. I plan we plan on going down to Havasu at what sometime in the spring and going down to their facilities so they can make yeah. a custom seat adapted specifically for him. And when we're <laughs> gonna be Louis, Louis, Louis Vuitton, yeah. Oh yeah, some Louis Vuitton, you know, the XLs. There we go. You know, and then so when they come in for a rider swap. Check an air filter, pop the seat off, pop his seat on, and send him on his way. Yeah. And it's, there's going to be tons of trial and error. Um,
2: the, you're going to wrap it in Versace, like, Versace right? <laughs> like like <laughs> the, the Medusa head and everything?
3: Uh, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe Louis, yeah. Or what, do you, what do you
2: think about this?
4: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh, he's going to. I'm, uh, I'm up here where it's in South Dakota where it's cold. So. I've got the bike here just to get, I'm going to basically what I, what we would like to do is I'm going to source all the parts, do a bunch of trial trial runs on some stuff in the garage then start shipping it down. I was just going to
0: say, yeah, I hear about mallet. it. I'm, I'm the
4: man <laughs> when it
1: comes to the, the, the evil scientists behind coming up with these crazy ideas and calling these people. And then Ian's like the, the guy in the lab, just, cranking it all together and coming out with the Frankenstein product at the end. And, you know, it, <laughs> because pretty much I, it's, it, it. sometimes we switch, you know, sometimes one of us calls each other. Hey, I'm going to go, you want to go race this? Okay. Well and then back to this full true blind, true team blind spirit. Well, what are we doing? Well, uh, we'll I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out.
2: <laughs> and then at, so so you Josh are the plan guy and Ian's the execution guy.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: Figure it out when we get there.
0: <laughs> Somebody has to like reel it in a little bit every once in a while, you know? Yeah.
2: Right, yeah. right, right, right. Do y'all have any? Uh, are y'all going to like document this whole thing? Cause I know like these, these races with uh, Legacy, they do stream them on the YouTube, but there's not a whole lot of uh, media attention just surrounding this type of racing. Not, not just specifically you guys, but in general, the, the quad scene and off road racing. I mean, we're, we talked about it a little bit before the show. King of the Hammers gets a lot of, you know, advertisement. Uh, everybody hears about the Baja 1000, but you never hear about quads until it's time for Dakar or, you know, there's something other than that. Um, but, um, so you mentioned y'all have a YouTube channel and all that. Are y'all going to be documenting this whole process of like getting everything together and, uh, you know, at the races, I would love to be able to, to watch, (laughs) you know, some, some odd, on quad footage and things like that uh, while you guys are out there. There you go. (laughs) There you go.
0: Uh, So I have square one speed channel is my YouTube square one speed is the Instagram. I use both of those platforms to document the, the entire build process. Like the ideas we come up with. Uh, I, I even take pictures and post my Instagram of me taking stuff to the powder coater like, oh, it's gonna be this cool color. And then uh, the YouTube takes over and I start documenting me tearing stuff down and then building it back up and then kind of like showing people this is the plan and this is the way it's going and the reason why I'm doing some things. And sometimes it's literally just to say like, hey, any one of you can go out there and build one of these things. I mean, I'm literally winging it here. I took my wife's quad pour it down through my suspension on it last year just so we could run a 500 mile desert race in a month and it's like well i mean it (laughs) works so that's kind of that's that's the whole idea behind the channel basically that square one starting at square one and building stuff up from scratch uh and you can go out and race it i mean i'm building an mx machine i built our desert racer this year it's sitting behind me i got my wife's over there it's gonna get rebuilt and what's that adam no, no, no! Please continue. Oh, I don't know. I it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was on a roll. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't. No, it's, I didn't just, it's literally yeah. just. I uh, mean, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Um, no, it's just literally taking all this stuff. Uh, and Jason's done this before. You can build a pro am level bike in like a work space or something for seven grand. You know, you don't have to go nuts. It really comes down to just getting pro. Sorry, pro level. Um, <laughs> yeah we, we take old stuff and we take old stuff and fix it up. Really Very capable. Yeah, it was spare parts. If it had another name it would be spare parts. Yeah. Um
2: I mean, yeah, cuz I mean at this point there's not like you're not riding against factory Yamaha in the stadium supercross series, you know. They they're not out there competing against $60,000 bikes and shit nowadays. Uh it just it just doesn't happen and one of the things that Ian puts
1: out there is on the channel is we can do this and that's the whole our one of our other missions is yeah. to grow the, grow the sport we want to see the numbers we want to see people having fun we want to introduce it to people you know with the amputee project to people that cause somebody's going to see this amputee bike and they might have thought to themselves man that's so cool but I'd never be able to do that well here we just showed you that it is possible this is what we did. This is how much we did. It for. We have no problem. Our you know, we, guess we have to support, but we're I grew up racing on a Marine Corps bad budget. You know, we all are in the military. We know how, you know what those budgets are like, you know, and.
2: I did that. Yeah. I did that
4: right. twice.
2: <laughs> same, same. I used to, I used to drag race. I used to drag race quads back in high school, right. On, on off weekends when I wasn't racing go-karts with my mom. Right. See? So, uh, it, and yeah, you can absolutely do it. We towed that thing around with a piece of shit truck. I mean, shit, if you don't have a truck, guess what? You can run a U-Haul for $19.95. That's right. Exactly. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's it's completely doable. It doesn't matter what kind of budget you're on. Obviously, you're not going to do it if you're if you're if you're not making any money, but uh I mean, it's it's 100% possible. Hell, even if you're not making money, there's always people willing to give you money for sponsor, right? Uh go to go to dealerships, go to local mom and pop restaurants, go to uh I mean, shit any kind of business.
0: Yeah. There you, want, you go. You want to get on one? I'll put you on one. Yeah. Yeah. I signed up and I really yeah. want to race tomorrow. I'm
1: like, race mine. He's like, I don't even know you. He's like, I don't care. Go have fun. Like, we came here to race.
0: Be rad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Where are these? Where are these people like you at IMSA willing to just <laughs> here take my car out for a spin? I would love to do it. Um. But, but no, that's awesome. I I, I love that y'all have like a multi-part uh, mission, right? It's not, and it's not just based around growing the sport. It's not just based around, uh, you know, helping. Amputees and building this adaptive quad. It's not just based around uh, race to a race twenty-two and getting their whole uh, mission and word out there. It's kind of a, a combined effort of all of these things, and and if you can succeed at one of them, it's going to grow the other, and then that'll grow the other, right? Uh, and and hopefully you get this vicious cycle of awesomeness going around, and then everybody can be happy, right? So, but we are getting towards the end of the time now, uh, that we have today. But before we get out of here, um, we did mention, you did mention earlier your YouTube channel, square one speed channel. I got it right here. Uh, everybody listening, please go subscribe to that. So you can see what these guys are all about. Uh, also there is a, uh, GoFundMe set up, right? It's called building an adaptive racing quad is that what it was
1: yeah yeah we'll
2: we'll put a we'll put a link up to it on our on all our social medias and things yeah 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 shoot shoot me some links is there a website you can go to, to get the, uh, the merch?
1: Uh, at matchbook nomad. And we just started a new one. Yes, sir. And the working are racing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: where can we find your Instagram matchbook nomad? Perfect. Perfect. And we'll get all those, uh, wrangled up and we'll share them out through all our, uh, all our social medias for the show and things. Again, guys, I want to thank you for coming on. Hopefully we can have you guys on again after y'all have, uh, done some testing and we can hear about that a bit more. Uh, Adam, Josh, Ian, again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, If you have any pluggables other than the YouTube and Instagram you'd like to do, now's the time to do it.
3: Race to a race 22 on Facebook.
2: Anybody? Anything? There we go. Yeah. Everybody go look up race to a race 22. But uh, again, thank you for joining us, and hopefully we'll talk to you guys again soon. All right. Uh and now we will take a break. See you in the second half with uh news for NASCAR, Formula One, and I think some other stuff. So stay tuned. See you later.
1: With half the show gone, there's still half the show still to go. This is the Into the Paddock Podcast.
4: This is the Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. Going to the weekend with the of the Apex Podcast, reliably producing sim racing and iRacing banter for over three years. Tyler, Bradley, Patrick, and Rob come together each week to hang out, and everyone's invited. Coming out of the Motorsport Weekend, there's the Into the Paddock Podcast, where Jordan, Greg, and John will dig deep into all the real motorsport happenings from pretty much every series out there. There are no cold takes on ITP. It's all on the Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. We're here for you every week, and we're bringing the provocative motorsport talk. Into the Apex is excited to introduce a monthly subscription. For 99 cents a month, get regular, exclusive audio and video content on the Into the Apex podcast feed presented by Spotify. Into the Apex After Dark? Only fans Into the Apex? Infowars Into the Apex? We're not too sure what it's called just yet, but we do know that it's edgy, It's provocative. It's everything we do here at the Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. To subscribe, go to IntoTheApex.com and hit the subscription button down below. This
0: is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Podcast Network.
2: Welcome back to the show, everybody. um I am not alone anymore. It's not that I was alone beforehand. I had three fucking guests with me, but um Jordan is back. Hi, Jordan. How are you doing today?
5: I'm good. I, that was the first part of a show that I missed yet. Like I, I haven't, you, I, I haven't been absent for anything. You've, so. are,
2: you have had fucking perfect attendance and i commend thee (laughs) because um none of us other hosts have (laughs) because we're all hacks and frauds hacks and frauds around here and
5: hacks and frauds i say
2: speaking of missing shows i'm about to miss two more
5: oh yes you are
2: well one potentially potentially and one most definitely (laughs) <laughs> Most definitely gonna miss the second show because <laughs> I'll be in you Wales. To,
5: yeah, you're coming to the best part of the British Isles.
2: Um, I'll be I'll be in, and I'm jealous. I'll be in Wales for the for the show next week, and then the show after that. Um, while y'all are recording, I'll be partying it up in downtown Dublin, Ireland.
4: Uh, you are gonna be fucked up.
2: I <laughs> cannot wait to live out my ginger man dreams. And I'm not saying that as a derogatory (laughs) comment towards Irishmen. It is a book by J.P. Dunleavy called the ginger man about the Trinity college in Dublin. It's drunken debauchery banned in the fifties. Great book. You should read it. That's going to be me for 24 hours. So, but I guess if I'm, if I'm, if I'm running this show, we might as well fucking just get into it. Right. I mean, I'm not running the show. You're, You're still running the show. But uh, Formula One—that was the thing that happened.
5: Yes, the Mexican Grand Prix at the Autodroma Hermanos Rodríguez. Um, it would there would be a surprise front row lockout for Ferrari, one that was so surprising that even they didn't know that it was going to happen and were surprised after the fact as well. Um, Max Verstappen would line up third on the grid and would duly convert that into the lead of the race by turn one, therefore ending any hopes of anyone of it being an entertaining race. Um, His teammate, home hero Sergio Perez, however, can manage to convert his fifth place on the grid into a lap one turn one retirement after turning into Charles Leclerc and (laughs) launching himself airborne. Uh, He'd retire the race at the end of the lap and somehow uh, all of the fans in the grandstands decided to stay and continue to chant his name despite the fact that he was crying in his pit garage. Um, Max would go on to dominate the Grand Prix with an eventual winning margin of 13 seconds. That would be despite a half-time break Let's hope that that doesn't catch on. Uh, for a red flag due to a heavy crash for Haas's Kevin Magnussen who suffered a left rear failure in the uh, middle sector. Thankfully, he was okay, but his car and the barriers were not.
2: Yeah, that was... Um, that was... It was something. It was something. I it, had
5: literally just tweeted, this race is
2: really boring, and then that happened. I'm like, that's not what I meant. That's yeah, not but, what no, I meant. I don't I didn't want need, that. I didn't need, I didn't need <laughs> any of that. I mean, it was just like a suspension failure, though, right? Like it, it, yeah, it, yeah.
5: It, it, it looked like he went wide out of the final corner a couple, uh, like the lap before, and then him rejoining was quite rough, so I wonder whether that caused the Yeah, it, I don't know. Um,
2: I don't know it he looked like he was in pain though
5: yeah yeah but mercifully he was checked um he went to i believe he did go for an evaluation but he was all okay afterwards so good. mercifully good 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 uh, nothing nothing wrong there um lewis hamilton managed to use an alternate strategy in the second half of the race he went on to mediums for the end to pass charles leclerc for second who was on hards um i i thought that he was going to have a lot of degradation toward the end it was going to come back toward them however he managed to build a buffer of seven seconds over the ferrari and then left enough tire life to be able to get the fastest lap on the last lap it was a really really good drive and the gap between himself and perez in the championship is now just 20 points um with three races to go brazil vegas and abu dhabi and a sprint race in there as well it's all to play for um Leclerc would complete the podium and would be booed by the fans for existing at turn one. Um, his Ferrari teammate. <laughs> he was like, I have Ferrari... nowhere to go.
2: I don't know why you're booing
5: <laughs> Please stop. Um, his Ferrari teammate Sainz would be just behind him, fourth. Lando Norris put in a stunning race to come back from 17th place on the grid and a bad race restart to take fifth. Um, unquestionably, the driver of the day was some sensational overtakes. George Russell would be uh, sixth for Mercedes with Daniel Ricciardo taking 7th place after qualifying 4th for Alpha Tauri. His results are the team's best of the year, with the additional 6 points moving them from last in the Constructors up to 8th, which could be crucial. That's like millions it, and millions of dollars. With money.
2: one Daniel Ricciardo finish, they went from last to 8th place in the Constructor Championship? Yep. What the actual fuck? is going we'll, on we'll, at the bottom of the grid.
5: Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We'll, we'll talk about Daniel shortly, yeah, yeah because that could be crucial. Um, Oscar Piastri, Alex Alban, and Esteban Ockham completed the points at the back. Aston Martin suffered a double retirement, joining Kevin Magnussen and Sergio Perez on the sidelines after their incidents. Um, on to the talking points then, Perez. He said after a disappointing last few Grand Prix, after a disappointing year so far, that he was targeting his home race as his most important race of the year you know he he's in he's in the midst of a lot of talk discussions about his future even for next year whether he keeps that seat and what better way to to put yourself back and to and to you know realign everyone's hopes behind you than shagging it around the outside of turn one and
2: retiring from the race i like, mean it and it, it was a rough A rough crash, too, right? Like, he he went pretty airborne. I hope his back's okay, because that thing came down hard. But, I mean, yeah, what what a way to just prove it. Like, he might as well have just driven straight, like, through the wall, under the stands, and then kept the car going, and just parked it at Casa de Perez, right? Like... (laughs) (laughs) he's not coming back I don't think he is as much as I want him to be in Formula One as much as I want Sergio Perez to be around and racing I think that uh Max just got into his head and it seems like that is what he does right he yeah it it, as soon as Max started doing well Daniel Ricciardo was out right as soon as Max or not as soon as Max starts doing well but it's kind of crazy how he went from being last year the Mexican Minister of Defense to now like almost like the only reason we're talking about him is because he's doing terribly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I don't know. It just it, it he's I think his time is up. How long has he been in the sport? Like 10 years?
5: He's
3: first season was 2011. So 12 years been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it shit or get off the pot dude i like <laughs> if a world championship was going to happen do you think it would have happened by now
5: well i mean his uh, we've said this before like his entire career has basically been wrong place or right place wrong time um his best year really was with Sauber in his first year he spent a lot of years doing really really well for Force India and Racing Point got that win in Sakir, which when he wasn't like it's fair to say that at that point he was uncontracted it looked like he was going for retirement that race win got him the red bull seat so all of this is a bonus to a career i to his credit i don't think he's ever been in a position to win a championship even now he's been at red bull no he just hasn't had the opportunity because he hasn't executed and it's max's team so yeah, I, I don't think he ever really was in a position where he could win a championship. And people, so.
2: people are crying for Danny Rick to come back into the Red Bull seat, but I don't think Daniel is a, a good caliber driver to be putting in there as well.
5: Well, right. before this weekend, we'll transition on to Ricardo because, I mean, we said it all about Perez. Yeah, I mean, he's, um, he's shit. He's shit, Moving and then, on. you know, there is a risk that, like, he's certainly gone at the end of next year. Like, even he's basically said yeah. that, but there is still a question mark about next year. And as you say, people are clamoring for Ricardo Now, I said on this very podcast a couple weeks ago when it was announced that he was staying for AlphaTauri next year and Liam Lawson was not going to have a seat, I said I was really disappointed that they'd made that announcement before Ricardo had come back from his injury because he hadn't proven whether he could be there. This is the kind of performance that proves he can be there. So I'm no longer mad about them keeping him because that was unquestionably the best drive AlphaTauri have had this year. Yeah. Um, And you've got to put some of that credit on the other drivers for developing the car to get to this point, and of course the team of the factory. Um, I think of the options that Red Bull have immediately available, Ricardo is the logical one because he's already been in that team. He's not going to have that first time in a big team pressure kind of thing. At the very least, he's a stopgap until they can find someone who might be better, like Lando Norris or someone like that. And you know
2: what? You may be right. Because before he left, it was under the context of like, no, there's no favorites. You're both in an equal car. Yeah. This is what the plan is. Blah, 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 blah. That was all bullshit. That was all a lie. Yeah. <laughs> now we know that. Now he knows exactly what the context is coming back to Red Bull. He knows who number one is, and it's not him. Right? Yeah. So there, I don't think there's going to be as much pressure to say outperform max. Nobody's going to outperform Max now. Right? No. At least not right now. Right? Like that's just not going to happen. The kid is in his fucking prime. The team is in their prime. Right? It's arguably the most dominant performance we've seen in Formula 1 in ever maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's getting that way. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 more dominant than Mercedes run that they had at yeah. the beginning of the turbo hybrid era, right? Like I mean, and we were like, Oh, we're getting tired of Red or Mercedes winning all the time. And they weren't really winning as much as no, Red Bull no, is nowadays. And it wasn't with these huge ass fucking gaps. So, you know, I don't think that I don't think there's gonna be the pressure to outperform Max. There is gonna be pressure to perform.
5: Hmm. But right. I, I think he'll be able to do at least that. i I think he will do certainly a better job than perez
2: yeah yeah 100 percent.
5: and at this point that's what they need because when you've got this dominant car as you say that's winning by these margins and yet your teammate is struggling to is 20 points ahead of another car that's just not yeah that's not it so yeah i yeah i think i i i'm still unsure as to whether they will make the call i don't think that they will kick perez out before the end of the year as much as i personally would honestly prefer that i think there is still a potential especially if ricardo performs like this for the final three races and perez continues to perform how he's done all year i think there is a chance perez loses his seat next year um but if not certainly the following year i think it then becomes whoever whoever finishes highest of the AlphaTauri drivers next year will get his seat
2: who is who is red bull's reserve driver right now lawson right
5: well, well, it's complicated. So they kind of have a claim to any of the Alpha Tower drivers and then the reserve fair. would yeah. go in the Alpha Tower. You're,
2: you're right. You're right. I so
5: it, it would be it would be one of them and then Liam Lawson would jump in the Alpha yeah.
2: Tower. Yeah, yeah, because that's how Daniel got the seat at Alpha Tower. He was the Red Bull reserve driver. And then we got rid of Fuckface <laughs> and put Daniel in his seat. Yeah. Right. I don't even I don't even want to say his name. Because I don't give a shit.
0: um
5: but yeah that there's there's not really much else to talk about this grand prix because really the the perez crash on lap one was kind of it yeah um lando was amazing as we said in the rundown his overtake his comeback was great it's a shame he didn't qualify where he should have uh you know they gambled on trying to get him through into mediums in q1 then he had to go out for a a late run on softs to get through and then the time didn't happen. So yep. it was just luck of the draw. The
1: qualifying but his pace was amazing.
2: Qualifying was the best part of the weekend, I think. I mean you had yeah. uh you know, Q one you had the uh uh the Alpha Romeos like trying to make that last push. Uh and it, it didn't really work out for Zhou Guan Yu, but no. Uh you know, I mean it it, it with with the Ferraris qualifying uh on the front row lockout how the fuck did that happen yeah even they didn't know right like, Sainz
5: and Leclerc after the session were like where did that come from I don't know yeah <laughs> I mean it,
2: it, I I always want Mexico to be a great race right
5: like the atmosphere is amazing exactly and that's it the that's, actual on track never matches <clears throat> the atmosphere <laughs>
2: that's that's exactly it and we were saying in the uh the uh the voice chat where we were watching the race together uh that mexican theme F, the the mexican slaps. f1 theme get you fucking pumped and it ready slaps. for this amazing race that never happens yeah that never yeah. happens <laughs> and is it the altitude is it the track is it because it's at the end of the season i don't think
5: it's a track because we've seen other series do do well there wec was quite good when it was there but i think the altitude definitely has something to do with it these cars are so on the edge uh in terms of everything and and then we heard multiple times in the race if you were following a car for more than one lap you had to get out of their slipstream otherwise you were overheating to fuck so yeah. i, mean, I think no it's more error the altitude and the, the way the cars are designed to be so on the on the limit that this go, pushes them beyond that so
2: i mean just this product plays into our how to fucking fix f1 theme make the Coming cars i mean it's <laughs> i just i as much as I, I i'm not gonna say love the sport i don't hate the sport i like mm, formula no. one but there's just there's so
5: every week something like this sit down.
2: yeah right and, and it's it's it, it's consistent in that i mean if you want to argue about consistency there's where the consistency is <laughs> yeah is every week something fucking makes me sad
4: <laughs> yeah
5: it's true um and, and and speaking of very briefly uh formula one had to give a lifetime ban to a fan after uh, it was a it was a, a Mexican Red Bull fan, a fan of Perez, attacked Ferrari supporters following their collision on lap one. Oh, what? <sighs> I, I, yeah, it <laughs> it, it, uh, it or this on a weekend where the uh, race organizers at Mexico launched a new campaign called hashtag Respect, urging fans to follow the lead of drivers and leave rivalries on the track. And then you cut to a man punching people in the stadium section, like i'm not going to say of it because that's you know over 400,000 people people at that grand prix and one person well a couple of people allegedly have had some yeah. fights so it's a very small per- uh, percentage of these people who are complete knobheads
2: why is it always um, red bull fans it's always red bull fans i don't know it's always red bull fans unless <laughs> unless we're at monza then it's the fucking tofosi yeah c- but- yeah
5: going around telling people with red bull shirts to take them off <laughs>
2: But that's just funny fuck's sake that's just yeah funny. As, as long no as they mean it there. jokingly yeah
5: yeah but it's you know, it's it seems to be a weird denominator doesn't it yeah but,
2: it's like on iRacing you always run from the guy with the Red Bull livery on any exactly car. it doesn't matter what yeah. it is as soon as you see yeah. that thing loaded up you're like oh fuck.
5: f1 liveries oh. and then specifically Red Bull liveries and then specifically the white Red Bull livery they're the worst oh yeah um but that about does it for formula one they're back in action this week with a sprint weekend in brazil and um yeah three races to go 20 uh well now as of the as of the day this goes out 18 days till vegas i can't wait for the cringe fest uh
2: it i mean we've 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 said a lot (laughs) we've said a lot about vegas yeah i mean i I think if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time. I think we mentioned it at least once a week. Yeah. It's because we're so excited. I I'm on like <clears throat> I am excited to see it on TV. Yeah. What I'm more excited for is all the bullshit news that's gonna come out afterwards about how fucking terrible it was to be there in person. Yep. Right. Yep. Like if I I'm I wish the hotels had said yes to paying making people pay individual ticket prices to get to the hotel if your windows had a view of the track i wish the hotels would have said yes to putting vinyls on the track because that are vinyls on their windows that would have just been made it or would have made it so much better <laughs> right like it it's it's such a shit show <laughs> yeah and, nobody there wants it
5: all the businesses are suffering because of decreased footfall because how much harder it is to get there and then you've got the fact that it's a Formula 1 race, so it's going to be pretty shit anyway. What, what should be the best race of the season now? Can you imagine if after all of this, it's a banger? Can you imagine? I, I, can't. <laughs> I can't.
2: I can't imagine I'm that. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that it's actually a good race. I, yeah. It's going to look great on TV. I'm, oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's going to be hard for it to not look great on TV. The Vegas yeah. Strip at night with the Spear. The fucking stands over the Bellagio fountains and all that shit. I think it's going to be amazing to yeah. watch on TV. Nothing else.
5: Yeah. Um, Moving on from Formula 1 to something that was also not amazing to watch on TV. Actually, it wasn't too bad. Uh, NASCAR's penultimate race of the season at Martinsville um, took place over the weekend. And it's the final race before the Championship 4 showdown. The final two spots in the Championship 4 were up for grabs, uh, all to play for on a track that in the last few years, at least since the next gen came in, hasn't been very good. Um, it was a much better race than expected after after all the recent duds. Uh, the soft tyre compound they brought really seemed to help. It's, it wasn't amazing, but it, w- it wasn't bad. Um, Truex started on pole once again, uh, but it would be his teammate and fellow playoff contender Denny Hamlin that would win stage one. Uh, stage two would go the way of Ryan Blaney, who it quickly became evident had the fastest car. Uh, when the running order was mixed up in the final stage, Blaney managed to hunt down and pass Arik Almarola of all people, in a final green flag run lasting 168 laps. Uh, the pair would finish less than a second apart by the time the checkered flag flew, with Blaney taking the win to lock himself into the championship four for the first time in his career. Almirola's second place, this is funny, It it marked the second time in Almirola's career that he's announced his retirement and finished in the top five at the next race. (laughs) Say that one more time. So, he's announced his retirement before and then reversed it and then decided to come back. When he announced his retirement the first time, the next race, he went on to finish in the top five, and he's done it again. And it's his best finish of the season. He's been nowhere all year, and then all of a sudden he announces his retirement and does it again.
2: So... (laughs) Is he retiring? Yes, yeah, see, this time he is retiring. <laughs> is <it> sticking <laughs> this
5: time? We'll, I mean, we'll see. Um, Denny Hamlin's third place finish and stage two victory would not be enough to see him advance into the championship four. He would be eliminated largely in part due to his failure at Homestead last week. Uh, Chase Briscoe and Joey Logano would round up the top five with Larson sixth and already locked in after his Vegas win and Christopher Bell seventh and locked in after winning at Homestead. Chris Buescher had his best showing in a while in eighth place, but it would not be enough to see him advance out of the round of eight. He would be eliminated from the running, but nevertheless has had a career best season in Cup. Further back, Martin Truex Jr. had been running decently, but his hopes of advancing into the championship four were dashed by a mid-race pit road speeding penalty. He would finish in 12th and would be eliminated. William Byron, however, would finish 13th and managed to point his way into the championship four, having been tracking to be eliminated earlier in the race. Uh, The final playoff contender, Tyler Reddick, would have an uncompetitive day and would finish down in 26th place to mark the end of his playoffs. So that means that next week or this weekend at Phoenix, the championship four that will fight for the championship will be Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney and William Byron. My one pick is still in. <laughs> my my pick's still in. JD's isn't because Busher is now out. Uh John's isn't because Ross Chastain was shit a while ago. So it's it's me versus you for whoever picks the championship. So uh, it's so not
2: okay, so we have to figure this out now. I don't really give a shit who wins <laughs> out of us two. Yeah. But whoever loses obviously has to do something very embarrassing, right?
5: Yeah, well, there there was a thing where like we're gonna total it up like throughout the whole of the bracket. So we're gonna award w- w- points for who got the most people right throughout the whole bracket. Um, you're you only obviously picked a champion, so I, yeah. I guess you're kind of eliminated from that. Oh, but
2: eh. damn, um,
5: <laughs> I have a feeling John's gonna lose. Um, but then, like, I picked Blaney to go out in round one as did JD. So, I mean, we've we've had some howler of a cause. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll work out a way to score it, and then, yeah, there'll be a forfeit for whoever was the worst. But in terms of the Championship 4, uh, you know, you've got one guy who's won a championship before in Kyle Larson, and then three that haven't won it before. Um, I I And unlike previous years, where there was at least one person who you would say, yeah, they're probably not going to win it, like Chastain last year. Although he nearly did, um, there's no, none of these four would surprise me if they won the championship. They are all really, really good and have been really, really good throughout the playoffs. Um, I, I couldn't call it. I genuinely don't know that I, I would sway toward Larson because he's had more time to prepare, having won in Vegas. He's had two weeks to prepare for it. But anything, hap- anything can happen in this in this final race. Anyone could win it of these four. I am somewhat excited which is good because Phoenix is shit so I need something to be excited for.
2: I mean it. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it, <laughs> Although Martinsville was an improvement so maybe they've improved it, Phoenix. It could I don't know.
2: be. It could be. I hope so. Uh I'm just looking at Christopher Bell, Christopher Bell Christopher <laughs> Bell's finishes at Phoenix uh over the past uh 7 7 times he's been there. Um 24, 17, 9, 9, 26, 10. And then the last time we were there this year, he finished sixth. So, me, Not great. Not great. Not great. Not great. But, you know, I mean, crazier things have happened. You know, crazier things have happened. I am kind of kicking myself in the ass for not betting in Vegas when we decided to do this i could have called a yeah. long shot bet you know at the beginning of the playoff season christopher Bell's bell would have got
5: you some good odds That as well he, yeah. like he's
2: not a bad pick but he's not one of the top ones so yeah and and to to pick it out to pick it that many weeks out i probably could have won some money yeah at could least have. a decent chunk of change you know so kind of kicking myself in the ass for that we'll see how hard next sunday yeah but yeah
5: you know. As for the ones eliminated, Truex, I mean, regular season champion, he has had one of the worst playoffs for a regular season champion there has been. There hasn't even been that much bad luck. They've just not run very well at all. There has been bad luck, but like it's been a mixture of bad luck and just piss poor performance. Hamlin, you know, it feels like every year he's always in contention and then something goes wrong right at the end to get him out of the hunt and it was whatever the failure was at homestead that's what ultimately kept him out of the championship for this time um he's he's i mean he's re-signed for the 11 team he's staying there there's every chance he could win it next year but he always seems to be the nearly man that never quite gets there never quite gets there um and then reddick and busher you know that i they were Decent picks to get this far, but I'm not surprised they were eliminated. They just haven't had the same step up that a lot of teams usually make during the playoff uh part of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, Redick has just this second half of the season has just not been uh not been really performing too well. <laughs> you no, know? I mean No, he really hasn't. He, he he's been he's been up in some spots sometimes uh but you know sometimes doesn't get you very far in a fucking championship does it
5: no and and even even though it's a championship that that has taken away the importance of consistency a bit you still need to have some yeah uh so i mean look at how many times like like byron barely pointed his way in despite having been one of the most dominant drivers of the year so you still have to have some level of consistency and um you know, you can point your way in through the first few rounds, but when you get to the round of eight into the championship four, you just can't rely on that anymore. You need to be right at the top to to be safe. Um so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for next week, but not for the track. I, I just I, I do not know
2: who's gonna show up and be the quickest there. It's um it could yeah. be anybody. And and I think that's the point of this playoff system, right? It's like it could be anybody which yeah. i don't like
4: <laughs> i don't
5: yeah. like i yeah. don't it like accomplishes it accomplishes
2: what they want but yeah. you know it yeah. still it...
5: feels cheap
2: no who's gonna win it blah blah blah. you mean it's not the guy who won the most races over yeah. the course of the season nope well this but mercifully is the, the guy who was in the top and had the best of luck in these last yeah. eight races
5: I think if Byron, Byron for me would be the just winner because he really has had a breakout year and has won really, really a lot of races. He hasn't showed up as much in the playoffs as he did throughout the rest of the year, but he's been he's been great. Um, any one of the others would be fine. I, I don't really like, I personally wouldn't want Kyle to win another one. I like seeing new champions. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to it. It's, it's weird. to be looking forward
2: to one of these. Byron has had twenty top tens this year. He's been insane.
5: Yeah, so he's the one who like him or Truex would have been deserving champions for me. Um, and then anyone else, it would be you know they benefited from the system, but you know you win with the system you have. So I'm not going to bemoan them for it. But it would it would leave a bad taste if anyone but Byron
2: were to win this next week. Yeah, ten. Ten ten wins over his NASCAR career, six of them this year. He has had a breakout year. Yeah, like he, so, he's been great. I mean, he yeah, he's probably the most deserving. But again, we'll see. It's the playoffs. Anybody can win it. <laughs> you can't see me. I'm flailing my hands in the air sarcastically. <laughs>
5: Uh, Best thing is Byron's running the uh, Exalta paint scheme next week, so he's actually running a good paint that he could win the championship in. So yeah, but now some I'm. Of those Exaltas look stupid. No, Which this what this is the good one. Okay. It's the standard one. Have I got... Oh, I haven't actually got. There so oh, mouse. Just, I haven't yeah. actually got a, a diecast of that there. one, so um, annoyingly, I can't show you. But
2: it's it's yeah, the, I, the I standard it. Exalta it. Paint. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the white and purple, right?
5: Yeah, purple? No, not really. No, um, it, it's it's like gray with red, green, yellow, blue on it. Your your standard multicolor Exalter affair. You'll know the one when you see it. Uh, um, maybe I'm
2: thinking of something else. Uh,
5: <laughs> you might be thinking about the Jeff Gordon, which is not a bad thing because those paints were better then. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I know you know what you're the talking one. About. I know you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Um. <clears throat> also in action um at martinsville was the xfinity series it was a shit show um multiple big big wrecks um you ended up having the race decided by a a inter-team collision at richard childress racing between uh, sheldon creed and austin hill um in a situation where if austin hill had just let creed through to win then both of them would have made the championship four but then they made contact between each other and that meant that neither of them made it through. Um, Richard Childress himself has said that Sheldon Creed is one of the stupidest drivers he's ever employed. Uh, Sheldon Creed at this point has already announced he's leaving and probably going to Joe Gibbs next year. Well, Austin Hill kind of made that announcement for him. Um, Yeah, just a really embarrassing situation for Richard Childress Racing, but through it all was Justin Allgaier who would win the race to win his way into the championship four. Um he will join um a list of people that I have completely forgotten. Uh John Hunter and Emmachek, um Cole Custer, Cole Custer, Sam, Sam Mayer, and a uh, and uh, Justin guy That will be a championship for for the Xfinity series, which will also be decided this weekend at Phoenix.
4: Yay Um
5: <laughs> <laughs> That kind of does it for the race action in the last what 15 minutes of this show i think uh we've got time to talk about some other news um we've already spoken about it we already briefly mentioned it aric al has announced his retirement from again from the nascar cup series um for 2024 um this is quite important for stuart racing they're obviously in a very critical moment right now having lost a lot of drivers and funding in the last few years and most importantly for SHR, Al Marola is taking um, Smithfield with him. So that that main sponsorship of the 10 car that has been around for as long as he has is not going to be there. So I don't know what they're going to do. Like The 10 is now suddenly free and it's a team that, you know, they've not been very good in the last few years, but they know how to win. So it's a desirable seat, I would say, but it's going to need funding. And, and when you look at you know, Kevin Harvick's leaving and is taking, uh, you know, the Bush sponsorship is going over to Chastain. So they're having to rely on, on I think, tyre pros are going to be the main sponsor for Josh Berry next year. Stuart Haas Racing have been mid as best for the last couple of years. And something needs to change. And I think whilst Al- Almarola hasn't been a great driver, you know, he's he's been in contention for a couple of wins every now and again, but he's been largely a midfield guy. Um, I think the, the, the loss of funding is the more important thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, but uh, do you think Tony Stewart is going to have trouble finding funding for his race car team? Well, I, I don't know. Gene Haas is going to have trouble marketing some... Or well, maybe Gene Haas <laughs> might have some trouble, but uh, I don't know. I'm I, sure I, they'll I be able
5: they to race, but up. I think the problem more is is the extra funding to then be able to actually do well. <laughs> like they've, they've just That's not fair. been very good and That's and fair. something needs to change there but it's like something like intrinsically is wrong with that team like kevin harvick is the only person who has been performing in that team this year apart from Almarola for some reason this weekend um it, it, whether it's management whether it's structure whether it's I, I don't know what it is but something needs to change um Otherwise, I can see Tony walking away from that team. It's been long rumored that he wants to leave NASCAR out of frustration. Um, I don't blame him. <laughs> no, I don't I don't blame him either. So I just want to I just want to I'm interested to see a who gets that seat. It's rumored that Noah Gragson might get it, which would suck. But if he brings money, that's what they need. And he's, he's gonna capable of driving well when he's haircut. not an idiot. Yeah, he is. Yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just yeah, it's it's yet another uncertain thing for Stuart has yeah. racing. Um and, and yeah, Kevin Harvick retires after this weekend. That's just weird. It's gonna be weird not having him on a grid. Yeah.
2: How long has he been racing?
5: Two thousand one was his he yeah, he took to a, he made his debut after Earnhardt's death. So um wow. <laughs> It, 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 it's it's weird how many of these stalwart names we have lost over the last five years, six, seven years. You know, Jeff, Dale Jr., Tony, now Harvick. You know, it's not going to be long before um, Denny Hamlin leaves, probably. And, and you know, we, we lost Kurt Busch. Like, it's not it, a lot NAS- of big names. It's not
2: just NASCAR either. I mean, look over in Formula One. We lost Kimi Raikkonen, Sebastian Vettel, you know.
5: I think it's it's more because, you know, these the series have became so known and marketable in the last 20 years or so, thanks to TV deals and stuff yeah. like that, that these are the biggest names we've ever had. So therefore, them not being around is weird. Like like you said, with like Raikkonen and Vettel and and, and, and drivers like that, you know, it, it's the same across the board. It's just weird. It's just weird. But it gives the opportunity for new people to come up and make a name for themselves. So it's always good. You grow old and your heroes retire, and then they fucking die. Oh, so, such, God. Is, such is life, I guess. <laughs> um, moving on from NASCAR, Formula E preseason testing, believe it or not, got underway last week at the Circuit Ricardo Tormo in Valencia, and then it was very quickly not underway again <laughs> due to, I would say, probably the the one of the one of the only major examples of a battery fire that Formula E has ever had. And boy, was this a big one. Uh, The fire began, uh, all the batteries are supplied by Williams Advanced Engineering. The battery came off of, I believe it was Robert Schwartzman who was doing part of the rookie testing for DS Penske. It it had been removed from the car after it stopped on track in the morning session. And then a couple hours later, a thermal runoff took place, which, which caused the fire. That's basically when a battery gets too hot and then the uh heat generates more energy the energy increases the temperature and then it just keeps going and going and going leading yeah. to big boom um yeah that halted that day of preseason testing it it postponed the next day um but eventually got back underway albeit with um limits on the amount of uh power that they could use to just make sure it didn't happen again it's it's been a rocky year for electric motorsport especially after the World Rallycross Championship which went all electric this year they had a massive fire at the British round at Liddon Hill uh in July where one team lost their entire cars a workshop truck and loads of tools you know in a in a huge fire which basically meant the entire series had to change cars for the rest of the year just because they didn't know what caused it Yeah um it's dangerous man like I mean, um,
2: it's, I'm it's the worst nightmare for this this uh direction that motorsport wants to take yeah right like uh thank god this happened the the formula e fire happened like in in a van right like it was in a van kind of parked away from buildings and things like that. yeah not
5: in a car and not sort of not around fans or
2: anything
5: what one person was taken to hospital for minor injuries but was okay so
2: well that's good best
5: case scenario for this kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: but i mean uh definitely not the publicity (laughs) they say even bad publicity is good publicity yeah this is the one case where that's not true (laughs) not true here (laughs) right yeah like you do you don't want your electric cars catching on fire because um if if there's anything wrong with an electric car fire it's the fact that uh we don't have the technology yet to put them out
5: no not really
2: (laughs) um (laughs) it just it doesn't it doesn't really exist yet you know, because it's a self-oxidizing fire, it feeds itself, and it just keeps going. There's no way to s- stop it. So yeah, yeah uh, kind of crazy.
5: Yeah, it's also, I mean, it's it's worth pointing out the fact that this has not happened, really, to, not to this extent in Formula E's history. And when you consider the amount of growth yeah. that Formula E has made with electric powertrains, and, and you know, the limits they're pushing, it, it's quite astounding that it hasn't happened yet. Um, This came during a day where Formula E for the first time was testing fast charging with with hopes in the future to actually introduce charging in pit stops uh, so that you can
2: push a little more. That doesn't Um, seem like a good idea.
5: I don't know. Like the the fast start, like the footage of the fast charging looked really good. It was really quick. It was akin to an endurance race style pit stop in terms of the refueling time. Um, it is important to point out that the failure of this battery, which caused the explosion, it was not a battery that was undergoing this fast charging testing. So, okay, it, it I mean, it could make that more likely. It could not. Who knows? But I'm, uh, yeah. It, with all of the progress that Formula E has made, I, I think that shouldn't be um, ignored when you look at this. Like, the, stuff like this is going to happen when you're pushing the boundaries. It's not good, but it's also important to understand and learn from these incidents to make things better. Surprised that it hasn't happened more often. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I I can't think of a battery related fire that's happened since like since the season started, since since the series started. Yeah. So yeah, more most importantly just glad everyone was okay. Um but yeah, that the that's the only preseason testing that Formula E has. Um they will be returning at the beginning of January for their 20, well, they call it 2022, no, 2023, 2024. Yeah, all the rounds are in 2024. I don't understand either, but there you go. Um, Finally, two bits of IndyCar news to end the show, uh, both driver-related. Firstly, Christian Rasmussen, the reigning Indy NXT champion, uh, will be racing in IndyCar next year, but not full-time. Um, Ed Carpenter Racing are returning to their fucking annoying system of having a car that is shared between one driver and Ed Carpenter with Ed doing the ovals and the other driver doing the road and streets. Um, They said they've parked the uncompetitive 33 car um, to try and focus on two cars. Makes me wonder maybe the problem with the 33 car was the fact that Ed Carpenter was driving it and maybe he should just step back and let somebody else drive his cars. Um, the, the fact that the reigning in DNXT champion is limited to a, a partial season is not much better than Linus Lundqvist missing most of last year until he was substituting for Simon Paginet. Um Yeah, I, I would much rather Christian have the seat and Ed Carpenter just drive one race for Indy or something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's disappointing, but also, you know, at least he's got a seat, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, just rich guys having fun. That's all that is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like it, At some point, it feels like he's cutting his nose off to spite his face. Like, you want to get more competitive, but then you take out a young, really quick driver for races that he could end up being better than you at. Yeah, <laughs> but then he doesn't get to have fun and drive his ovals. Yeah, but then he could go and race something else. Like, you know... Uh he, he could he could just go and drive some historics or something. I don't know. Like he he was good like five or six years ago, but now he's just a bit mid, as is his race team. Um but yeah, g- good for Christian to get a seat, but I wish it was full time. Um and the final bit of IndyCar News, Callum Eilot has announced that he has parted ways with Unko Sollinger Racing with immediate effect. Um This comes in the wake of the team reconfirming uh, Augustine Canapino to be remaining with the team next year. And it comes with, it was believed that Hunkers had an option on uh, Callum for this coming season. It was believed he was going to stay. He had a multi-year commitment that he signed in 2022, last year. Um, But now he's walked away. Um, We know not why. I wonder whether it's a mixture of the team being quite uncompetitive and also the way the abuse he received from Augustine Canapino's fans was handled. The team really didn't handle that very well. Um yeah. so I I'm not surprised and I'm kind of glad for Callum. So long as he finds a seat elsewhere, be it in IndyCar or IMSA or anywhere, so long as he finds somewhere to go, it's a good move because that that that's those surroundings and that environment with those fans was atrocious.
2: Yeah, and I I can imagine it would be hard to be part of a team, uh, with, not I w- I don't want to say that guy as though, uh, Augustin had anything to do with it, mm. but if 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 his fans are going to come with him, right, and that it it would just be hard to work in that kind of environment. Yeah, right. Like now, you're there every day with the guy and gonna have to. I don't know. It's 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 tough to say because I I don't think Augustin has anything to do with it. No,
5: he like he he obviously wasn't leading it. He didn't really do a lot to condemn it. Neither did the team like the team put out a vague statement saying, you know, we don't tolerate abuse toward our drivers, but they never called out any of it uh, directly. Like so I think they could have done more, but they they weren't responsible for it. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah. Then the team Augustine, IndyCar could have done more, but yeah, yeah.
2: I don't. I don't want to speculate. To be I don't want to speculate as to why the guy's leaving the team. But I no, That could have something to do with it. You know.
5: What yeah. It. It, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Um. As for who replaces him, at the moment, Roman Grosjean is considered a candidate. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, you, you put Romance fans who are the typical Formula One fans who don't really know a lot about proper racing, and then you put them with Augustine Canapino's fans who hate anybody who beats him or crashes into him. Oh, and Romance also a bit crash prone. Plus, I mean, I know that Argentine British relations aren't great. You know, that's kind of well documented. <laughs> it's not exactly peachy between Argentina and France either. It's not as bad. Like, they didn't fight over an island with penguins with them. But, I mean, it's not great. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I'd be interested to see if that happens. There's still obviously a rumor that Romain goes back to Dale Coin as well, which I think would be a more logical place for him. But we'll see what happens. It, it's it's a just, relatively competitive
2: seat. So... I just want to see Romain racing still like, yeah i mean I'm he'll looking.
5: be an imsa but yeah yeah only for the endurance races
2: yeah so. yeah the, just like what four races out of this calendar yeah.
5: he'll get a seat on in, in indycar with either dale coin or home coast so i'm i'm sure with the marketability of him being that guy from drive to survive has got to be worth something um and, and he can be quick
2: a, and that guy driving a lamborghini
5: yeah you know yeah so. i'm sure i'm sure he can be quick we will, we will see what happens. But that does it. It feels weird me saying this so early when I've only been here for half a show, but that does it for this week's episode of the Into the Paddock podcast. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Join us next week, where we will have the Brazilian Grand Prix, the Sprint Race Weekend. We will have the World Endurance Championship finale at Bahrain and the NASCAR finale at Phoenix. Um, so join us for that and more next week in the meantime make sure you are following us on all our various social media channels we are at into the paddock with the number two on twitter instagram and threads that way you can stay up to date when our latest episodes go live also check out the affiliated podcast on the into the apex podcast network and subscribe to the into the apex youtube channel to see video clips from our show and our sister shows you can also sign up for 99 cents a month for premium access to the into the apex podcast Network uh, with, to get exclusive content through spotify and anchor all of that's at into the apex.com you can also follow us on our individual social media accounts uh, i'm at jgroves1996 on twitter instagram and threads greg
2: where can we find you i am speed rat racing uh kind of everywhere instagram twitter facebook all that shit youtube uh operation motorsport is taking a break from our usual tuesday night uh, races to go to wales And so our next race is going to be November 21st. Look for that to be coming out. Also, uh, like we talked about in the first show, first half of the show, rather, uh, go look up square one speed channel on YouTube and check those guys out, uh, with, uh, team blind racing. Also look up team blind, uh, and square one racing on Instagram and all that stuff. Stay up to date with that. And, uh, I think that's it. We'll have all that stuff. The, uh, the link for the merch for team blind uh that's going to help get that quad put together and the gofundme and all that stuff so be looking for all that
5: next well that does it for this week's episode of the into the paddock podcast join us next week for more provocative motorsport talk and until next time a very good goodbye
1: you listening to Into the Paddock by the ITA Podcast Network.
0: Join us next time for more provocative motorsport talk.